Welcome to the Way Niagara podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Berta. This is episode two, and I really do hope that you would tune in to episode one. If you haven't heard it before, go back online on whatever platform you are listening to go back and listen to the conversation as we are getting to know the voices that you are going to hear regularly on the podcast. Now, our plan is that there's going to be kind of two main segments each episode of the program. One is going to be on what we're actually talking about in our way groups. And the other is actually getting to know the church. The idea going forward is that we are going to have interviews and talk to people, get to know them. But to start off, we're going to talk philosophically a bit about who is way. And so for the next three episodes, we're going to have a chat with Chris about the who, the whys, kind of defining who Wei is. In episode one, we talked about how Wei is a different church. And so the first thing that a lot of people would notice and would ask about this church is, why are you not doing a Sunday service? That's the question I get the most, to be honest. People are, who hear that I'm a pastor of a church are like, oh, uh, what Sunday, where should I go to your church on Sunday? And I say, well, nowhere. Uh, you can come to one of our small groups uh, that would be connecting on Sunday or one of our uh, way official groups on a Sunday. Uh, but we actually really put it in our hearts to keep Sunday clear for people to do life with their family and their friends. And it's important to us that people are connecting with people outside of their uh, their church circle. We find very often that uh, Christians uh, going to church don't have non-Christian friends or have even time for their non-Christian friends uh, or, or even their family. Um, you know, they sacrifice gathering with non-Christian family members uh, on those Sundays because they're so committed to the routine of Sunday. And we are here to break that tradition, to break that routine, and to just give people freedom to, um, to engage with other humans doing human things uh, but have that, uh, you know, the light of Christ inside them that draws them into conversation to be there in the, in those times where, um, you know, you might be too busy because of church. We, we want people to be free to, to experience something different. And that's one thing I'm actually getting used to here, too, is that a lot of things that go on within Way are not weekly. And I know that's a part of the idea as well, is that you're not trying to tie people too deeply to things that there's an inability to actually live in the in the world and in the community that you're actually meant to reach. Yeah, see, we, you know, I worked in churches for over 20 years, and the one thing I noticed uh, that bothered me the most was volunteer fatigue. You know, they sign up to be a volunteer, and that's their life. You know, every Sunday they're here doing this thing, that thing, or the other thing. And, and what happens after doing that week, week in, week out is they just get tired. And then all of a sudden you have no volunteers or they've lost energy. Their excitement for the church is, is dwindled. So maybe they move on to another church where they find that they don't have as much need or draw on their time and schedule or their energy. And so when we, we you know, we use this language that we want to be low, low anxiety. We don't want you to feel pressured to do this week in, week out. We want people to to feel like they have some time to be them, to do their to do life. Uh, uh, this is a big theme I think you'll find is that we're really pushing people to do lights, life outside of uh, the church bubble and to get into the circles, which is uh, a language that you'll hear us use a lot, that the circle is the people that uh, surround them. 
the the people in their community, the people that that they work with, their family members, whomever those might be. And we really felt that like doing 52 weeks of, you know, service and serving in Sunday school or or running a soundboard or or parking cars is not really the best use of their, their time to reach their circles. We wanted them to go, well, if, if I only have to go to church for 24 Sundays in a year, what can I do with that other Sunday? Right. And that's, and that's a really great thought, right? Because it's, we're not actually talking about being low commitment. We're talking about being low anxiety. And I think there is a difference, right? Because we're actually saying, Hey, even if we're not officially gathering in a service or in a group, we are not, you don't have to stop being a Christian. You don't have to stop reaching and being involved in the community that you are around. So this is still a, this is not about a low commitment kind of idea. No. It's just reframing how we prioritize and how, how we do it. That's correct. Which I think is just a cool thing. And, and I know outreach is really deep in your heart. And so if someone were to come up to you and say, you know, am I welcome to Way? Or like, who is Way Church for? What would be your answer to that? Yeah, Way Church is for people that are uh, humans. <laughs> if you are a human on your journey of life, uh, whether you are a new believer and not quite there yet believer or a seasoned believer, I think you'd find way a refreshing thing because we are really trying to frame this to be for uh, people uh, that need other people to encourage them in their walk, uh, pe- people that need uh, support and are not afraid to ask questions we want to we want to talk we want to answer we want to answer questions we want to try to anyways answer questions we might not always get it right but we 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 definitely want to endeavor to 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 answer questions for people um and i and i really think that if you are curious if you're if way church is for you uh look in a mirror and if you're a human if you're struggling with uh you know the day-to-day life with mental health or with uh, just so many questions that you might need answered and you're just, or you're lonely or you feel disconnected, I think way might be the place for you. And that's really good. And I forgot to introduce him off the top, but we do have Steve with us as well. And so what's on your heart when you think about like, who is way for? Yeah. So one thing that I think gets missed a lot are people that have been in church and, church just didn't do it for them. Whatever reason, something didn't click. Uh, I think Way is a great place for anyone that's ever felt that way or has been hurt by church. Uh, The small group opportunities to be together and live life side by side with each other. Um, When I came to Way, I came to Way avoiding church but wanting to do church things. I felt like I should be going to church but I didn't know what that looked like. And I came out not wanting to volunteer, not wanting to be a part of anything. I just wanted to show up, do my church, and go home. And once I saw what was actually happening here, I almost couldn't help myself from wanting to be a part of it. And now you're a pastor. Yeah, just a bit of a change there. <laughs> yeah, that's. but that is the kind of radical transformation that community can bring. Right. You can when you are with people and you're in fellowship and you're growing, we people can go from I just want to do some churchy things to I'm a pastor. And that is 
that is what God does sometimes. And I'm not saying, again, low, low anxiety. I'm not trying to say you have to be that. That doesn't have to be your story, but that is Steve's story. And we love that, that we are able to, to grow on the journey together authentically and graciously. And we'll get more into that when we get into the kind of the Bible part of today. But I think that's just really good. Um, and so how would someone that wants to get connected to Way, how would they do that? Yeah, so we kind of have uh, three, four ways uh, that you would connect to Way. Uh, the first being in our groups. We have uh, a group meeting almost every week, um, somewhere, some home, um, where you can connect if if that's a, a comfort of yours and you want to study the word around some really authentic people, uh, make community a priority with some of those people, this is a great place for that. Uh, uh, we call those way groups um, for the simple fact that that's kind of how we were structuring our church was around just being sm- uh, a group of, of a group of groups. Um, but we've really, we've really evolved over, uh, you know, the past two years. The biggest thing that right now is um, we have our house of worship service, which is our gathering where all the groups come together and people from all the different uh, expanses of our of our uh, multiverse get to come together and uh, and we get to worship the Lord and hear testimony and really experience kind of a different breed of service. But what happens on those nights, which is a bi-weekly Thursday night service, is that the whole community comes together and gets to 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 see the actual size of the body to come together for worship and to experience uh, the the greater community, not just that small community that you're connected to in your way group, but the greater community and and all the com- contributors that make way so special. And that makes for a really cool combination, right? Because some really do thrive in that smaller environment. And others may be a bit more nervous about that, but you still want an open door to be able to come and experience people in, in, in one of those ways. And so that's cool. And you said there were a couple more, though. Yes. So that those are uh, two of our ways. Another way is through our um, community volunteerism. We, uh, we partner up with a ministry called Four Grimsby, um, which is also for West Lincoln. And we run bounce castles and carnivals and uh, movie nights and we do things to connect with people in the community by acts of service. Um, we really believe that uh, our communities are important and that seeing smiling faces is important. And uh, if you maybe aren't ready for the church thing, but you're interested in seeing the community as a volunteer, we have that as well, the volunteerism, um, where you're able to uh, volunteer through one of our online resources um, and get plugged into the community if you're from Grimsby or West Lincoln and and wanting to uh, just meet some people. It's a great way to just, just meet uh, a couple way people as well as uh, the guys from Fort Grimsby. That is so good. And the fourth? The fourth is uh, you, you can actually just have a porch coffee date with me. Um, I'm really big into just doing one-on-ones. If people are curious about what way is and how to connect to way and you're, you're still not sure, uh, reach out to me. Uh, you can reach out to me at chris at wayniagara.ca and book your time. I'd love to meet you and I'd love to uh, to walk with you through some of life's challenges. Um, we, we really encourage that kind of activity in in way. You'll, I think you'll find lots of people willing to take some one-on-one time for you, especially if you're uh, if you're if you're asking for it. And uh, 
we do encourage that. That was one thing I always felt like uh, my peers, pastors missed throughout the pandemic was you had this great opportunity to sit on the porch of, of congregation members and sip coffee together and, and have a conversation together. And, and I, you know, pandemic's over, but man, I still want to sit on your porch and, and have a conversation with you. Yeah. And I like when I was pastoring through the pandemic and found that that was such a life giving thing. And there was, because I was one, you know, go to a coffee shop, go to a restaurant, go whatever. But there is something special about going to someone's home, even if you're just sitting outside. Yeah. And I was never one to sit outside before that. But even still, it's like, that's kind of a cool rhythm, right? To be mm-hmm. able to be in a personal place. You're not getting interrupted. You, you've got a bit more privacy. Um, so yeah, that, that's really cool. And, and I really like that. That's just to so the house of worship services, the way groups, community volunteerism, and just connecting with Chris. And that's at way, sorry, Chris at wayniagara.ca. That's great. Those are all great options. We are also on Facebook. Yep. And um, so you can connect with the church there as well. Yeah. And we've talked about this a little bit but you, when you mentioned for Grimsby. Mm-hmm. And one of the phrases that you use around here that is really wanting to be a deep part of our culture mm. is partnership over programs. That's right. Partnership over programs is a big deal because I've worked in the church running programs for over 20 years for youth and, and young adults. And, uh, you know, you do these weekly programs where people show up to your church and they get plugged in or you hope they do. And maybe they stick around, maybe they don't. But what I discovered is that post-pandemic world, all of your local clubs and your community groups are struggling heavily to find volunteers. Uh, they're struggling to get people who have time to, to, to serve. And I thought, well, the mission of the church is to serve, so should not the mission of the church be to serve these clubs as well? So I think what you would find, uh, you're not likely to find a youth group or to find a uh, kids program or to find us running a uh, you know a float through the, the local parade at Christmas time but you're actually likely to find us behind the scenes helping to uh, organize these events and to to uh, run the local floats you'll find our, our kids in local programs and sports programs and, and things that are in our community I think that's so important the, our job is to uh, to be a light to the world not to hide from the world inside of our little uh, castle on a hill here uh, our job is to be the salt and the light, to be amongst them and to be life-changing for them. And if we're not there serving them alongside them in the endeavors that they've chosen to put their energy into, we're going to miss those people. That's really good and really true, right? Like you hear all the time that staffing, even in paid environments, volunteer environments, charities, it doesn't matter where, engaging people in things in the current world is seemingly exponentially harder than it's ever been. Yeah. And so we don't want to be the kind of people that just comes in and creates more stuff. And if there is something that needs to be created, we will do that. We will. And if there's a need, if there's a gap, but we're not going to go around and do something that is already being done well in our community Mm -hmm. just so we put our name on it. That's right. And I love that heart. Like that's really, really Mm -hmm. good. And you know, as we, transition over to kind of the speaking about Galatians I just think about right at that time there were people joining the church in large numbers Mm -hmm. 
And it wasn't because of slick programs or a lot of things that the modern church offered, but it was a sense of servanthood. Yes. It was a sense of grace. It was a sense of openness um, for the whole body of Christ to support the surrounding world and the surrounding community. And so I think this is actually going to tie in quite well with us talking about uh, Galatians 1 today. And that's what our way groups are studying right now through the book of Galatians. And so the next six podcasts, we're going to have a conversation. This is not to rehash what's going on in the group. So if you are in a group, you still want to listen to this. But it's also to somewhat model what a conversation about scripture could look like, because there may be people that are listening right now that don't have never actually talked to the about the Bible with anyone, or maybe they've never read the Bible. And of course, if you are interested in having a more one-on-one -on -one conversation and learning more about the scripture, please reach out to us. We would love to be able to talk to you, but also just to be able to talk in community and so many times you just hear someone teach from a stage and that's good and that's important but we really embrace the idea of communal learning mm -hmm. and asking questions because i think jesus modeled it really well yep. that he answered most questions with a question yep. and so that kind of creates a really interesting kind of thing and so even today we're going to ask some questions and not answer them mm -hmm. because the idea is for you the listener today to actually take some re reflection time with the Lord and actually see what is God wanting to say to me in, in that way. And so I'm really looking forward to these conversations on Galatians. Next time we'll continue on with our discussion about who Way is as a church as well. But as we make that transition over, I'm just going to ask Steve to give us a bit of an overview and context to the book of Galatians so that we just kind of have a, a base understanding of what we're getting into. Yeah, so I'm going to dive in, but not deep dive in. I don't want to lose anybody in the minutia of the history. Um, so short version, Galatia, the area, is what we'd call modern-day Turkey, uh, just to give you an idea where it is on the map. And the reason that it's called Galatia is, I believe, around 3 BC, a uh, group from Gaul, which is now France, came into that area. Uh, I'm not going to get into what the divide is about, but North and South Galatia were divided, so we're not 100% sure who Paul is ad addressing in this. Uh, and this is a letter by the Apostle Paul to the church in Galatia. So it may have been both North and South, it may have been just North, it may have been just South, we don't know for sure. Uh, but the big thing is he's addressing big changes that are happening in the church. So there's this group called uh, the Judaizers who are coming in. They are basically Jewish raised people that are picking up the Christian faith. And they're trying to justify their former sort of legalistic uh, rules and regulations that come from the Old Testament. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with all the rules in the Old Testament. Uh, but they're trying to use those to justify their faith. And Paul is coming in on that scene saying like, hey guys, uh, that's not quite right from what we hear from Jesus here. And that I think is the best point for us to step in. That's really good. And as you're he hearing this introduction to Galatians, you might be wondering why is this the thing that right now 
we are talking about as a way community. And so, Chris, I'll throw this to you. What was it about Galatians that popped out to you to say, no, this is the time and the place to be able to talk through this? Yeah, Galatians really uh, defines the gospel. And I think that's one of the things I'm constantly been asked is like, what is the gospel? I mean, we understand it. It's a word meaning the good news. Uh, and we so we take the kind of the good news and we, we, we live in this world where we think the good news is literally just the message of Jesus Christ, um, you know, to transform human lives. But it's so much greater than that. It's a recognition that grace is the most important thing to the believer because if it wasn't for grace we would not have salvation you see jesus came for the sake of bringing grace upon us like we could do nothing to fix the void between us and god you know, there's 613 laws that the tradition would have the, the, the Jews observe to try and appease God. But there was nothing that could actually absolve them of that sin. And so here comes this God to us who looks upon humanity with such love that he says, I need to fix that. And so Jesus comes, engages humans with love, and then redeems the situation by, by surrendering his life. The perfect sacrifice. And therefore, there is nothing we can do to earn that because it was given freely through his grace and love for us. And I think in today's culture... We live in a, in a place where we constantly feel like we need to earn. We constantly need to achieve in order to get approval or to get acceptance. And what I love about just that, the truth of God's grace that we have in the scriptures, is that that's not actually how we gain God's favor and approval. It is a completely different measuring stick. And, but unfortunately, that's been kind of perverted over time. So Steve, why don't you talk a little bit about that and how that message of grace kind of gets muddied over time? Yeah, I'd say uh, part of the mess that comes in is people try to interpret grace as it's still something that you need, but I still need to work my way to it. I still need to earn grace somehow. When that's not the point of grace whatsoever grace is freely given it is wholly and fully ours because we can't earn it we can't earn god's forgiveness we can't earn forgiveness for our sins and there's so much opportunity there for misinterpretation and i think that's what we see a lot of today in different i don't want to pinpoint any names uh different uh we'll say public preachers uh mm -hmm. I'd say we're looking at things like uh, the prosperity gospel message as an example. I believe in Jesus. I follow Jesus. God loves me. Therefore, I deserve things. I don't see that anywhere in the Bible. But it's very easy for people to interpret it that way and to feel that, yes, I do deserve that. But I think that, again, misses the message of grace, the fact that this isn't earned. 
we don't deserve anything. We don't deserve grace. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. That's what we deserve. But God has been so much better and greater than that for us that we have been gifted this new life. That's really good. And so I guess the question becomes, what do we do with this new life? Mm -hmm. We get this grace from God. And the first, I think part of the first goal is actually to not pervert it, not to quickly go back. And so what were some of the ways in the first century that maybe people weren't quite getting that yet? Mm. Yeah, this is a really great question because I feel like we struggle with this idea of our cultural life, our cultural heritage, and our, our now uh, godly, Christian, heavenly heritage. And the, the, they conflict because we're raised to be one way. Like this was the problem in this, the, the Judaizers, these are, these are Jewish men who were raised to believe uh, that this is the way. And then they're, they're, they believe in Jesus. And so their culture no longer is relevant to their belief system. And, and so there's this challenge of like, oh, you know, I think that my, my cultural upbringing says that Jesus could be the Messiah, but do I believe it wholeheartedly? And because maybe we should still follow the rules of our, of our upbringing, of our culture, because what if Jesus is wrong? What if, what if we're wrong? You know, maybe having faith in Jesus is, is, is good, but it's, it's not enough. And so they started to bring in this, this root of their culture, of their heritage, of their upbringing. And, and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but in this case it is, because it comes with it, all these rules and all this tradition. And what starts to happen is it starts to rob away from the grace. And grace is what the gospel is about. So anything that is, is a gospel lesson that removes grace from the equation, that tells you there's a way to earn favor with God, is wrong. It's a perversion of the gospel. The gospel is about grace. It's about Jesus giving all for us with no exception. Every human being has access to that grace and favor simply by believing in Jesus's death, life, death, and resurrection. And so the question that we can reflect on, and I encourage you, even if you want to take a moment and pause the podcast right now and just consider that question for a moment, are there any things in my life, any cultural things that I've grew up with that maybe are a perversion of grace? And the good news is, if you think of something, God's going to have grace for you in it. So this is not an exercise for guilt. It is just something that to have an internal dialogue with yourself and with the Lord to say, where, where have maybe I missed that? And where can I ask for grace? Now, an important question too, is what about those people that would say yes, but isn't emphasizing grace so strongly just giving license to more sin sure sure i mean if you believe in grace you believe god's gonna cover a multitude of sins and and you can uh you can abuse that it almost is a license to sin uh but that's not the case we believe that we are transformed in uh, beings we believe that that god wants uh more from us a life that is worthy 
uh, of of uh, him pouring out his Holy Spirit on us, right? We're, we're, we're told that he has these gifts and these fruits. And these if these fruits are present, so is he present in our life. And if we're living a life that is, um, you know, adverse to those things, it makes us look kind of foolish in the world's eyes. Yeah, and I'd say taking a look, uh, it's more looking towards Galatians 2 that I started to have this thought. But uh, the grace that's been given, I think a big part of that is it's all based on love. And a big part of what we're looking at is, yes, you have freedom and grace for sin. You could see it that way. However, think about this. If this is about a relationship, if this is about love between yourself and God, what can you do to love him back? And obviously sin is not going to be that choice. You're going to be heading a different direction. And that's something you see with a lot of these New Testament, uh, I don't want to call them rules, but guidelines that you see, especially Paul and Peter, James, John bringing up. Um, they're really there to help guide you towards a loving relationship with God because of this freedom that Christ has given us. That is so true. And we need to be able just to kind of move forward from that and be willing to say farewell to the past, right? And those were some of the things that we had that the, the people in those days had a hard time giving up. And so what would be some of the examples of some of the kind of paradigm shifts or thought shifts that needed to happen for people then? And, and also kind of what would be some that you think that in the 21st century we need to kind of shed in order to move forward yeah i mean they they really had almost a caste system in their beliefs that s certain people were, were more worthy than others there was a hierarchy in their in their religious uh, structure you know there's a lot of the boys that jesus called to be his disciples were actually castaways or cast out from the religious structure because they were serving as fishermen or, or people that mended nets these were guys that were considered low tier they weren't good enough to continue on studying in the, the word and, and, and learning the, the Torah. Um, so, so when you look at what Jesus did in, in leveling the playing field for each individual, I think that's one of the traps that we also can guiltily fall into. We see people as, uh, you know, elevated spiritually in our eyes. Wow, that person's a great pr prayer person. Like God answers their prayers or, or uh, you know, they're so eloquent in their words. They carry themselves with such grace. They, they, they do all these things. And I think that this is a trap that we also fall into uh, where we don't recognize our own grace and that that person who we elevate is, is uh, you know, no higher than us. We are, we have the same amount of grace and they have, the, they've needed grace as much as we've needed grace uh, i think that that's uh, a very important thing uh, in our times especially where we're you know constantly influenced by influencers uh, you know our eyes are on screens and seeing you know all this influence on the outside and there's christian influencers that are you know worthy of watching and, and hearing their content but to recognize that they are no greater elevated in god's eyes than than you are is is an important uh, understanding of your identity in Jesus Christ. And that's really good. And so kind of a follow-up to that is how can we 
Because oftentimes when we put people on pedestals, the way that they come down is by like a major falling. So what would be a healthy way to actually remove someone from that pedestal? So I can actually take that one because uh, I'm coming from a different position than Chris. I've worked for a few churches under pastors. Uh, I have never been in the role of pastor. And in a lot of these churches, the culture really speaks towards putting the pastors on a pedestal. It's very much the pastor is the head of the church, they're above the church, they're beyond everybody else. And in some cases, they're beyond everybody else's reach. And uh, I think the big thing to realize is to not let that happen in your heart. To recognize that we're just children of God. We are just side by side in this together. We are the same soldiers. We are fighting for the same side. It doesn't matter that they're in a position that they've been called to this specific name or position. They're still in the same battle with you and you guys are together. Like there are times where I have to wrestle with that with Chris even. He's my cousin but he's the lead pastor for us. And sometimes I think in the back of my head, oh, I better refer to Chris on this. And then I have to think back again and wrestle with my heart for a few minutes about, is this really me putting Chris on a pedestal? Or is this me actually needing to bring it to him because he is in a higher position? Is this my heart telling me or is this my brain telling me that he's higher? And honestly i think a big part of that battle has been my past history working for other pastors so i'd say if you're in that position where you have someone that you are convinced is higher than you or a better christian than you or better than praying or better at healing just take a few minutes and look at the gospel look at the new testament uh, I like to look at the Apostle Paul. He's my favorite apostle, and he was Saul. Saul was persecuting the Christians. He was literally killing them. And he becomes one of the greatest influencers in the Christian church because of what Christ did in his life. But at no point is he higher or better or greater than any of the other apostles or anyone else in the church. We're all just brothers and sisters in Christ in this. That's really good. That's really good because we don't need to actually take someone down, which is, I think, sometimes in culture, for to help ourselves feel better, we try to bring people down. But when we actually just raise Jesus higher, when we acknowledge his lordship above all of us, it truly levels the playing field. And so in the last couple minutes of the podcast here, I'd like both Steve and Chris just to share kind of what's on your hearts. Like what, is there any other kind of thought from this passage or maybe a question that you want to leave people with as we finish up? Chris, I'll start with you. Yeah, I think uh, I want to leave people with the thought of why, why grace? why would God choose to freely give us something? We're in an, we live in a world where everything is earned, has value. Uh, from from the, the, the least, uh, you know, person to the eldest person, uh, everything has a value and has to be earned. 
And here the creator of the universe says, you know what, this is free. You just have to believe. Why, Grace? And Steve? Yeah, that's excellent. I'm right on similar lines. I'm sure it's because we've been studying the same materials. Uh, but the thing that I am personally wrestling with, and I'm sure other people are as well, is asking yourself the question, what am I doing to try to earn grace or favor from somebody? And it doesn't necessarily have to be God. What What is it that you are wrestling with that you are trying to earn something that you can't? And especially grace with God. Is there something in your heart that you're trying to push for to earn God's grace? And like, I... I asked myself this question two weeks ago when I started doing this research and there was a few things that I went, wow, I'm doing this because I think I should be doing this and not because they're good and right. And I think that's something I, I'm not alone in. Yeah. And I, I have those moments as well. And I think a lot of us do here. Right. And so that is just the really great uh, thing that this is what, what comes out when we have a conversation about these things and then we are just opening our minds and opening our hearts to the work that God wants to do in us well we are at the end of episode two next time we will continue our discovery of who way is as a church as well as to go into Galatians 2 of course you can contact us on social media or at way Niagara we would love to have you at a house of worship service, a way group, or any other um, avenues that we have here at the church. And so for now, though, God bless you, and we'll see you next time.